I had a conversation with a Republican candidate for the District 26 of New York, Marvin Jeffco. His conversation is primarily about what is happening, what needs to be done in this district, what can be done, and what further are his goals should he be elected as a counselor in New York City in a very strong emotional push for life, for liberty, for rights, and of course, protecting personal freedoms in a city that was founded and dedicated to such freedoms, but now seems to be pushed aside by an ever-growing, expanding administrative state that wants to impose, according to Jeff Cote, a brand of socialism that completely will dominate the lives of the people of these parts of New York in his district, meaning Sunnyside, parts of East Elmhurst, Woodside, and Long Island City. There is a need, of course, for programs to help the community. There is a need for government to effectively use its resources to help those who have less and to help those get ahead who can and in fact do by doing all they can and working towards success. Let's listen to Mr. Jeffco and what he has to say. I noticed that uh, that uh, in in uh, New York State there seems to be uh, how would we put it an old boys club that, that goes back some time when it comes to the council districts. Uh, I, I think it started under the uh, Obama administration. I, I did not notice that much earlier, but uh, where, where basically you have uh, a lot of Republicans uh, and Democrats who basically just don't run in each other's districts anymore, that nobody seems to want to, uh, to challenge the, uh, the dominant dictatorship almost, as some call it, of, of the Democratic Party in New York City. How are you going to defeat the Democrats in a district that is very much, they think, they control, with 61% of registered voters being Democrats in, in the 26th? Well, you know, my, my fight is not with Democrats. My fight is with the socialists. But you're right. There's a machine. There's a corporate Democrat global socialist machine that they meet behind closed doors and they control everything, press, which is it's, it's a good thing that we have media, kind of like your program here and Facebook and Twitter and things of that nature because I really do need to get the word out. But I think people are starting to see that this machine that does control New York City, and it goes back past Obama, it goes back to Tammany Hall. Uh, that, that machine was never rooted out. But Obama exposed things because under his uh, under his authoritarian grab, he set things up, and, and he felt a need, now or never type need, to come out and start seizing power, and he'd done that. Um, so people are starting to see it more. But my thing is to get the word out and let people know you do have an alternative. You don't have to listen to the lies. You know, people have been lied to, so it's not. You can say they were mis, they 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 weren't informed when they cast their vote, but they've been lied to. They've been divided, so they could be conquered. 
the socialists in the Democrat Party have done a great job lying. You have a Republican Party that's in a minority um, that, you know, they, they don't stand up to these people. And that's another part of the problem. As soon as the Democrats get nasty, call them out on that. But we have to confront them at every turn. When we know they're doing something wrong, we have to call it out. And this, I was on a community board about 15 years ago, and the commissioner DOT came out and said, uh, we got to condition New Yorkers for bikes, to use bikes instead of cars. Condition? Are you kidding me? Condition? She actually used that term. It's gotten progressively worse. Um, everything I talked about, you know, my platform has always been public safety, education, well-paying jobs. Fortunately, in every category, it's gotten worse than they were four years ago when I brought that stuff up. Yes, there's a machine that I'm going to have to fight hard to overcome. You know, they're going to suppress me with everything they can. They're going to put out their... When you think about the, uh, the the current situation at Woodside, uh, obviously we had those uh, floods that happened. And I think that's that's a classic example. The, the, the water didn't come from the sky as much as it came out from the drains. It, it was coming Correct. out from every, every, uh, every available drain... Uh, you could imagine, whether it was city sewers, bathrooms, uh, kitchens, you know, everything just pouring out. And yet, the rain had already stopped at that point. And that just shows poor sewage management, poor waste management, and poor, uh, you know, poor systems of of maintenance. How do you fix that at a a council level? Well, it's accountability. You know, I'm a senior non-commissioned officer, and I'm used to holding people accountable. We have procedures in the military where we we, we inventory what we had. First of all, you got to know what you have. You got to inventory, and and then you you know you maintain it and you inspect it, and you go out and you're doing these inspections to make sure that things are functioning properly. But what we have is an aging infrastructure, and that's because tax dollars have been diverted for wasteful things like IDNYC, critical race theory for city employees. And Planned Parenthood in the you know, These funds should have been budgeted to maintain, upgrade, and retrofit the city's aging infrastructure. Had the drains and pumps not failed, those we lost would likely be alive. But it's just another example of how socialism destroys everything it touches. My plan would require DEP and other agencies to audit and inventory their equipment and infrastructure, to present a plan of action in the budget within 30 days addressing the real infrastructure failures that led to that death. Like I said, if you can't inventory it, you don't know you have it. DEP has 150 catch bases, but they're scheduled to be cleaned once every two years. Why not delegate a vigorous inspection and maintenance regime to local managers? Free up the local managers to go out there or send the people out there so they can inspect them and clean them as needed and you don't have to wait until you have a catastrophe like that. I get that they want to say the system is designed for an inch and a half of rain, and we receive uh, three inches of rain. But again, I go and I look and I see sludge, leaves, and debris. And, and when you see leaves that are pretty much turned into fertilizer, you have green vegetation. You know, they, they turn into dirt and composted and, and able to grow vegetation. That's more than two years. That's fraud, waste, and abuse, and the money that's spent elsewhere. You know, the department um, 
of environmental protection. The agency was largely responsible for preventing the flooding that occurred during a hurricane. They pay several of their employees $500,000 a year. We still had flooding that killed four people in our neighborhood. So give me $200,000 a year and I'll do what they're supposed to be doing. Do a better job at it. But it's, it's about taking stock of what you have and holding people accountable. Uh, if you can't do it, you got to tell me why you can't do it. If I need to get somebody else in there, I'll do that. But they have to be accountable to the, um, to the city council and ultimately to the taxpayer. And that's just my, I have the same plan with education, by the way. Uh, we have a runaway board of education that's not accountable to anyone. You know, and, you know, I support charter schools vouchers and homeschooling to give parents more control over their child's future. But with critical race theory on the rise, it's more important now more than ever for parents to control of the system which educates their children. But they can't do that because the Board of Education does whatever it wants. It's not accountable to parents. And I think the way we fix that is to restructure the Board of Education in New York City completely so that each borough has a locally elected Board of Education structure with an overall commissioner reporting to the mayor for administrative purposes, but elected in an off year or other than the mayor in a citywide election so that they're accountable to parents. We've got to get back to teachers teaching reading, writing, arithmetic, and civics so we graduate a skilled workforce instead of indoctrinated social socialists looking for uh, cradle to grave handouts. But so those were a couple of the ways where you hold people accountable. You, you do what the system of governance in this country was designed to do. You give the power back to the people. The, the, uh, for, uh, Governor of Virginia again, just said, um, no, I don't think parents have a right to tell the Board of Education what to teach their children. That is insane that a politician would make such a public statement at the debate, and then he got applauded for it. Accountability. So it's really all about accountability for population. We don't have that. Our elected officials don't respect us. They don't fear us. And, and they want it the other way around. They, you know, everybody we talked about that machine earlier, that infrastructure that they have in politics. They go around and they get their ring kissed and, and they get their $500,000 dress and, and everybody bows to them because they cost a lot of piece of our tax dollars to pad projects, but that's not the way it should be. They, they should be accountable to the citizens. No. When you talk about accountability, one aspect of that is, is of course, uh, doing away with uh, graft and corruption. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, this is America. It doesn't happen here. This isn't the third world. And yet you hear so much of, uh, like, just within the education uh, structure in the city, you have uh, city officials uh, you have uh, 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 people uh, who are uh, in the court system, like district attorneys. You, you have uh, the mayor himself, uh, or the governor, and they write books. You know, everybody seems to want to write a book. And the next thing you know, the books are being bought up and given to schools, uh, you know, at, at $20, $30, $50 a copy. And that is basically direct graft. They're, they're literally allocating public funds to their own books or projects that they're, that they're working on, uh, or their wives, uh, in the case of Mayor de Blasio, that seems to be a problem, and, and, and in other uh, areas. 
do you think that some kind of accountability looking backward can also be looked at? I mean, we've actually lost oh, lives, you know, with, with the last flooding because they didn't do maintenance. And the money was spent on frivolous things like, you know, uh, book launchings and, uh, you know, video presentations and catering that uh, that a lot of people say is basically they were taking literally hundreds of millions of dollars out of city funds uh, and uh, allocating it on themselves or their NGOs or other organizations. Do you think that there's a way that as a counselor you could come back and make them accountable, file the Absolutely. charges? Absolutely. You know, the thing is you got to hold hearings for the public. You have to hold public hearings. You have to prosecute these people. You know, to the extent that we uncover evidence, and they know this. See, they know a lot of what they've done is prosecutable. So they're going to fight tooth and nail. They're going to cut deals with Eric Adams so that he's the next man so that he can further de Blasio's um, uh, programs, but also so that he can protect him. Uh, you know, that's why Joe Biden had to cheat so hard to get in there because they were getting close to uncovering years. I mean, this guy actually said that he put together the biggest voter fraud machine and Rudy Giuliani had testimony. He deposed people from the Ukraine that testified to the graft and corruption and the media covered it up. So without, it's difficult without media willing to tell the truth and then not be caught out. But clearly we have to hold public hearings as to why things happened in Ida what happened with that mental health money? Why did certain commissioners release people to go and riot during the riots? They gave Katie time off. All these things, you can't look at them in a vacuum. You know, the are your conspiracy theorists when you start calling them out for what they're doing. But when two or more people meet and agree to commit a crime or they meet for some unlawful purpose, you there have a conspiracy. Do you think there's a way that uh, that, that the city council can uh, find a federal prosecutor who isn't on their side, because that's really hard to do with the Southern District uh, and, and other areas in in, uh, in, in in the federal level, but do you think there's a way that uh, you could even do RICO on some of these uh Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. Racketeer Influence Corrupt Organizations Act. Yes, absolutely, because, see, this is the thing. You have to disincentivize the criminal behavior. When when you use the RICO, RICO allows the government to to take those ill-gotten goods back, and that is a big disincentive for organized crime. What we have in our governance, in our city government, is an organization uh, because they're organized and they commit crime. But yes, RICO would apply. Um, and you, you mentioned huge problem in that local politician, local um, local prosecutors are part of the problem. They're corrupted. So, you know, it's going to take the hue and cry from the public. And when you get that going, we have some public hearings, and you get the federal folks interested, the Department of Justice is going to, you know, they're, they're negligent. They're, they're derelict on so many levels. I mean, they say, see so many things. We're starting to see... The Durham, uh, and, and they say all politics is local, but all this stuff matters because they control us from the top down. But Durham, piecemeal out uh, some indictments. But, you know, you need the federal prosecutors 
outside, and I'm glad you brought that up. You need them outside of uh, the city of New York to come in. And kind of like uh, what they did during the Civil Rights uh, Movement when um, the Jim Crow era violate black citizens' rights, you, you had to have people from outside the area come in so we definitely need that because the way um, U.S. attorneys are selected is that, you know, you get the local guy and they get recommended, but, you know, they have they do have enough ties to the community, or to, I should say to the Democrat uh, machine here, where they throw their hat in the ring and, um, you know, they get the recommendations of local politicians, and that... That's not good because they're beholden to, and uh, they're not going to be effective in prosecuting that because they're going to say, "Well, what about what you did with me?" And so you want to sever that link, and you want to get fresh set of outside eyes, and that's definitely what, what's going to have to happen. And in order to do that, I think the city council, the best the city council can do, is hold public hearings, find out why things happen, ask those key questions with all this resource. With as much money as New York is paying taxes, how could our system have failed? Why was this money so badly needed for our aging infrastructure, for our education system, for our police, for our fire, and all the other things that a city is supposed to provide instead of the nonsense? Why is it being diverted to nonsense like IDNYC, Planned Parenthood, you know, the baby killing mill? Well, yeah, I think the city council definitely has a role in that. Um, and just on a local, regular level, why don't we have trash cans here? Why don't we have regular pickup here? You know, the city council has got to be involved in holding the agencies that provide the services accountable. And a lot of times, they're going to tell you that they want to do it, but politically, they're being prevented from doing that. Or the money's not there. Why isn't the money there with all the taxes? The the thing that was uh you know when I first moved to New York State uh, in 2015 uh, I, I moved up in Buffalo, and I remember the uh, the local paper up there the Buffalo News had a headline the mob is dead, uh, and then somebody kind of wrote in it's it's kind of almost handwritten uh, they were elected, uh, basically they were saying that that essentially the organized crime in upstate New York or western New York, uh, basically is in government now. Uh, do you feel that has also happened to some extent in the city as well? Are, are gangs and criminals uh, now very much part of the, the infrastructure? Because they seem to want to get rid of police. The only one who seems to benefit from that is criminals. Could that be something to look into as well? Well, I mean, it, it's the socialists. Um, I wouldn't think of it in the traditional sense of organized crime. Uh, you know, Mafia, or MS-13, um, but it's an organ. The organization, the organized, the criminal organization, are socialists. And I mean, if you take BLM for example, there were thousands. Who wrote a book in 1958, Masters of Deception, um, and it describes the communist strongholds and communism and socialism, same thing. Across the country, look at the riots of last summer. All those cities were the cities that Hoover named in his book. 
So socialism has been allowed to fester. Uh, we had the Internal Security Act of 1950, which would have made a lot of that illegal, unlawful. But then you get a liberal Supreme Court that basically gutted and neutered that law to allow the socialist infiltration in the government. And it's very organized. I mean, these people meet and they have a strategy. And, you know, they, they infiltrated every institution, every part of our government and bureaucracy. So there is an organized criminal conspiracy to take down and reshape America. When Obama said that he was fundamentally changing America, he wasn't kidding. Um, and and you got to look at that. You know, any globalist that's elected to any office has a, con a conflict right there because a globalist doesn't believe in the concept of a nation state. Therefore, they can't be loyal to the Constitution. Their, their thing is to infiltrate and destroy. And so, yes, there's an organized conspiracy to create chaos because when they take away your Second Amendment right to keep bear arms on the street, they make you less safe. And then when they defund the police, now, and, and that's the, another thing, most people think that the police are obligated to protect them. They're not because they can't. You, you're, you're supposed to protect yourself, and the police are there for extreme circumstances for order maintenance but the whole idea behind that is to create the chaos and fear making you totally dependent upon the government for your physical personal safety and security so none of that is, is by accident it's all by design um, but i wouldn't organize criminal these are marxists that have stated that their instinct is to take over, collapse this country. If you look at Cloud and Pivot and, and all all the uh, Marxist ideology out there, their thing is to collapse the system, put as many people on welfare. If you look at what Biden is doing, they say all politics is local again. But, you know, he killed the Keystone Pipeline, destroyed union jobs. All of his policies now, the microprocessors and chips made overseas, you can't get them in here. I was in the supermarket the other day. Now, like $20. All of these things are designed to make you poorer, make, make your personal wealth less, worth less, so that now you're more dependent on the government. Everybody, after this pandemic, everybody is dependent upon the government financially and for their physical security. So they're all in a state of fear and panic, and they're willingly feeding all of their rights to the government. When we uh, when we talk about government, of course, obviously, uh, you know, your, your basic thing is, as you said, all politics is local. When we talk about uh, the, the the local aspects of it, uh, for example, Woodside, uh, which is you know the, the district that you will be representing, um, you have uh, a lot of promises from uh, people like uh, Congresswoman Ocasio Cortez. Uh, the different uh, non-government organizations that uh, suddenly are headed by every Democrat who lost uh, in, in the council race suddenly seems to be, be given a, uh, an NGO to run. And then on top of that, you have uh, all of these things uh, set up where so much government funds is, is going to these bureaucracies, both official and unofficial, 
what's going to be left for projects if you let them win? I mean, it seems that they're just hiring and hiring more people, and all those people seem to be party members. Isn't that kind of uh, counterproductive to projects? Yeah, that's nepotism, clear and simple. It's it's, um, the old political patronage. Um, You know, we're going to rally behind this opponent, uh, my my opponent in this case, Julie Wan, but everybody else that lost that's still part of the system is going to be paid off with a job. And you you see, they're not just city jobs, they're state jobs um, that that are created, like this guy Faggot. You know, he he, uh, he scanned the government out of, out of funds because he ran the Blasio's census machine and basically funneled money to other, like you were saying, NGOs, or they call them community organizers. Um, and they didn't take a fair and accurate census, but they made sure all of the people got paid. So that's the old political patronage system. It's been around since Tampany. And um, if you look at the people that get appointed, they're all like-minded you can't tell me that they didn't talk about this beforehand. You can't tell me that there was no prior agreement. Therein lies your conspiracy. Um, you know, if you look at well, like uh, Denise Keen Smith, she was the only Democrat out of the twenty-something of them that ran a primary in this particular race. She was the only one that said that no, I'm not going to defund the police because it's wrong-headed. He didn't get anything because of the party line. But AOC, all out crazy, as Curtis would call her, definitely controlling the Western Queens Democratic excuse me, machine. And all those that participated and kissed her ring and got her endorsement, you know, they're, they're going to um, benefit from the fact that they have power. These people are power hungry, and once they get in power, they're going to appoint the pawns around them that are going to help them retain that power and oppress anybody that would look to take it away legitimately. I noticed one thing. She she did have this thing where, you know, she wore this white dress, wrote tax the rich, and then the person who made the dress, according to the New York Post, didn't pay any taxes for several years. Uh, is that the kind of uh, hypocrisy that these people seem to have on a regular basis? They get away with it. They flaunt it. Um, I'm told the same thing about Eric Adams and de Blasio. You know, I pay... I get a reduced rate because I'm a service-connected disabled veteran in my property tax. But I'm told that their properties worth way more than mine because of where they live. And, and they pay, like, almost nothing in taxes, but they make sure their tenants pay them. You know, and they could probably pay their tax liability, their property tax liability, one monthly payment from their tenants, but they pay taxes. I mean, it's just horrible. The hypocrisy... They live lavishly, like, you know, they, they're saying that they're going to get rid of cars by 2025. Kidding me? That was the first part of our conversation with Marvin Jeffcoat. He is a candidate for the district that he is running in District 26 here in uh, New York City. And, of course, that is the district that uh, I reside in and am registered to vote in. Let's listen to him more in the coming days on other topics and issues as well. I'm Mike of New York. Thank you for listening.